Welcome to a brand new episode of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. As always, this is Corey Richmond, joined by my tag team partner, Jason Brooks. Uh, another week, another ho-hum WWE Monday Night Raw. Uh, there was some other programming on this week that may have been either as bad or slightly better. Of course, talking about TNA, Impact Wrestling, first episode. Looked like we were watching, you know, an, as if we were developing film back in the day. A.K.A. <laughs> Dark Room. Um, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Maybe you have, Jay. But uh, I was told that this particular episode this past week of Lucha Underground was pretty spectacular. They crowned their first champion this week. So I'm going to hopefully be able to watch that later on in the week. And next week maybe we can talk about that more in depth. But I heard that actually was a really good... Royal Rumble-esque type of event. It was 55 minutes of really good wrestling and interesting storytelling. So I don't know if you saw that or not, but... I, I did. It was awesome. Um, it was really, really well done. Um, I enjoyed the format of it. And like you said, we could talk more next week, but I enjoyed the format of it. Um, how's everybody doing? Um, this is Jason Brooks. I don't know. In radio, you do that. Podcasts, I think everybody knows who we are, but... Um, yeah, no, it was the format was really good. I thought it was really interesting how they did it. I thought the spots were really cool. And I think the right person deserved to be champion. So, yeah, and it was long. So I think it was the whole show. So it was really, really phenomenal stuff. And like, like most weeks right now, you know, trying to start with some of the positives because, unfortunately, you would hope now that we're in the quote-unquote road to WrestleMania season, these would be the best shows coming up of the year. But so far from what me and Jay have seen, two weeks ago was a good show. Last week was a pretty pathetic show. And this week's show I don't think was really much better. I don't really think there are many great things you can talk about. I thought there was some good stuff, but I also thought there was a lot more bad stuff. But Jay, like you said, uh, for those who haven't seen it yet, we'll just say that Prince Puma, Ricochet on the Independence, is the first... Aztec Warrior, I guess is what the name of their title is. He's their first champion. It's going to be interesting to see what they do in the rest of Season 1 and, when, and as they get into Season 2 with possible guys like Alberto Del El Patron, Alberto Del Rio, joining the fray. So, I mean, we'll take we'll look at that and see how that goes, but we'll talk more about that next week. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it was a good show. I think everybody should really check it out if they get a chance. It's something that you, that's unique. It's something that's different. Um, it's not typical WWE stuff. It's a little different. And I think everybody should, should really give it a chance and check it out. You know, Corey, um, we're kind of back to this redundant raw thing again. Um, again, another really not a good show. First thing I want to talk about is this John Cena promo. He comes out, right, and his teammates have just been fired. And he comes out and he's like, welcome to New Orleans. We're in New Orleans. This is John Cena's sh shtick. And I talked about this on Twitter, at work to shoot pod. I'm getting to Twitter in early today. It seemed like it was a lot of John Cena's shtick. If I, you know, Corey, you were my tag team partner. And I got you fired, essentially. I feel like I would have come out the next week on TV and been a lot more upset about it. You know, and then Triple H says, all right, you'll get a chance to win, you know, to get the guys back and they screw them over. I don't know. The, the other, I, uh, you know, thing is the authority, I felt like made Cena look bad in a promo. 
They basically called him selfish. They made a lot of points that actually made sense. I, you know, I feel, you know, <clears throat> they made him, I, I felt like they really made him look bad in the promo. And, and, you know, I understand that maybe that was kind of partially the point, but he is a baby face. Like he is a good guy. They're not supposed to be that correct in their assessment of Cena. <clears throat> um, the whole idea of him taking the title and not showing, you know, not being on Raw, that didn't make any sense. Why not just threaten to quit unless they bring the guys back? Like, you're the number one guy. You, like, you're, you know, he calls himself, I'm the, the face that makes the place, or whatever he says. If you're that guy, then say you're going to quit unless you bring. So, some of the logic really didn't make sense to me. And I understand we do this show and it's kind of, you know, our, you know, our thing is we analyze wrestling, we analyze storylines. But there were just a lot of elements to that that just didn't make sense to me. And I don't like at all how they started the show. And if we're getting it out of the way, um, I know no one cares, but Paladin808 on Twitter, if you want to follow some of my my conversations that are usually just retweets of other people's things because I don't have original thoughts of my own. Um, first of all, I think there's a glaring hole that would you can't do it because then you don't have a main event, I guess. But isn't the obvious thing to do if you're the authority is you say, John Cena, these guys can get their job back if you give up your shot at the title at the Royal Rumble? Wouldn't that be like the smartest thing that the heels would do? You know, you have to give up your shot because you're the ultimate good guy. You're giving up your shot at the title and, you know, in order to get your friends rehired. I mean, I thought that was the simplest thing, not just to put him in some, you know, ridiculous uh, lumberjack match, which most likely was one of the, the few highlights of the show because, like we've said in the past, Rollins and Cena have great chemistry together. Yeah, and I think they did that because it was the start of the national championship game. So I think they wanted to keep eyes on, because it make, wouldn't make sense for them to start up. So I think they wanted to keep eyes on the product before people switched over to the national championship game. Because the match ended, like, right before, right like after kickoff, I believe. So I think that was the point there. And the match was good because, you know, as we talked about, those guys had good chemistry. But just a lot of holes. And I don't know. I just thought it was a really, really... Another weak show. Um, I don't know, Corey. Every week we kind of talk about the same thing. Another weak show, another weak show. Um, Big Show's promo, where was he going with that? It was, you know, you know what I mean? Like, where was he going with that? He's talking about the New York Knicks, but they're in New Orleans. So there's the Pelicans, like they have a basketball team. Why are you talking about the Knicks to get heat? Like, you're not going to get heat that way. Um, the Roman Reigns promo talking about Jack and the Beanstalk. I, I don't know. Let's talk about Roman Reigns for a minute. And let's talk about what Court Bauer said. I want to talk about this. So Court Bauer does a podcast, MLW Radio. We talk about him pretty regularly. Former writer for the WWE. He reported... You know, he still talks to guys in the WWE locker room. It's not like it's been forever since he's, you know, since he's been there. That there was absolutely a Triple H locker room conversation. And that the Triple H locker room conversation centered around the fact 
about grabbing that brass ring, grabbing the ring. And the idea that WrestleMania, the main event, is not decided at all yet. My question for you, Corey, would be, how much truth do you think there is to the idea that WrestleMania, the main event, hasn't been decided yet? And what do you think? Because I think I, I, I have, I, I've given out an early prediction of what the WrestleMania main event could be. But I guess, what do you think about the report, first of all? Well, Court Bauer is a pretty credible source. Um, I would say that if you watch TV the last couple, last month or so, I think they had an idea, and now I think they're swaying away from it. I think if we spoke about it on this podcast, that the idea from what a lot of people were saying and hearing was going to be Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Then you had the rumors that seemed very likely that Brock Lesnar is not going to resign. He's going to go to UFC. Daniel Bryan came back, got a good reaction. So now it seems like it might be leaning towards that. But Vince is very hard-headed, and he's going to go with what he wants pretty much no matter what until he's truly convinced. But these promos that you're seeing from Rollins, I mean, uh, Roman Reigns over the last month or so have been so bad that it almost feels like they're trying to sabotage him a little bit, you know? I mean, so I'm not sure what to think about this. I mean, I think... Do you think that they're trying to sabotage him? Or they're trying to... This is maybe a... I don't know. What, humble? Test his, test his range a little bit. You know, if you notice, this week's promo was like the longest promo he's ever done. And it was silly. But maybe they're trying to... I don't know. See what else he's capable of doing. Almost a test, so to speak. Vince has been known to do that in the past. And if he passed this test, maybe then you realize, okay, this is a guy that we can put in the main event because he, we know that he can talk on the microphone. That's possible. You know, let's, let's, let's take this, which I, you may disagree with me. But, you know, we saw two sides of Roman Reigns last night, an uncomfortable long-form promo side, and then Roman Reigns having a little bit of fun being loose. And I thought he was the best of all the people who were doing it, of him, you know, doing his ode to Randy Savage, which we'll talk about most likely in a few moments or in the next segment. But when he did the um, his imitation of Randy Savage, he felt like he had a charisma there. He felt like, you know, he was comfortable. It was almost like, the you know, the camera wasn't on and he wasn't sitting there being nervous that he's going to screw up a line. It felt very, you know, natural and calm. Then he went out there and doing his, his stupid Jack and the Bean, Beanstalk shtick. It felt like he didn't want to be there. You know, he didn't, he didn't want to be there. You're just going, saying these lines so you can get to the next step of what you feel most comfortable with. It definitely felt like he was trying to remember his lines. It absolutely, like it did not feel natural at all. It felt like he was trying to remember his lines. Um, and you know what? I just, we said this on the show in the past. I have nothing against Roman Reigns. I think he's, I think he's gotten better in the ring as, as, as it's gone on. But I think this push for WrestleMania is a year too early. And we're seeing it by the fact that he's not comfortable with the mic. One of the great things is if he had somebody who could talk for him. Hey, the, the way they've booked Dean Ambrose, it almost you almost think that Dean Ambrose should be his mouthpiece because, you know, it's be safer than all the other crap they're having him do. But um, I don't know what you do anymore. I mean, I think, first of all, you have to decide who's winning the title, which we'll, we'll get to in a couple of moments. That three-way, and then you got to figure out 
is Daniel, do you have enough faith in Daniel Bryant that he's going to be healthy <laughs> and be able to go and do a schedule and be your champion? Because if, if he's healthy and he's ready, Daniel Bryant should be facing whoever has a title at WrestleMania. And Roman Reigns should be facing someone on that upper third of the card, but somewhere where he can go and just fit in and have another year of a, his first singles match at a mania and be able to get, you know, figure out what he's doing. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think, you know, and I talked about this on Twitter too, you know, Brian's reaction, you know, these guys come out and they wrestle the match, and the fans cheer for them, but it's nothing like Brian. It's nothing like the fervor and the intensity um, that the crowd had for him. Um, I think he definitely helped out last night's show for sure. And I absolutely think that, um, you know, a, if he's healthy, he needs to be in the main event of WrestleMania. I, I think there's no, I think there's no question about it in my mind. So, I mean, I'm not sure if you have more to say on Roman Reigns, but I'd like to actually move on to Daniel Bryan. Is there any more right. thing you, in particular about Roman Reigns you want to get off your chest before we, you know, any more of the bad promos you did on SmackDown or anything else? Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, I'm just. I am curious to see where they go with him in terms of this kind of testing, you know, where they're testing him with these horribly written promos. I guess we'll see over the next few weeks. All right. So Daniel Bryan was back, at the, as, as they said, you know, as uh, Paul Heyman said, the scene of the crime uh, in New Orleans, same city, won the title. Do you, what do you think of the idea? And maybe, and is, is Daniel Bryan, you think, a big enough draw of having his first match back, not at the Rumble, but at the new night for SmackDown, which will be Thursday. Do you think bringing Daniel back, Daniel Bryan back, for his first match, not at the Rumble? Do you think that's smart? Do you would you do it? If, and is this just another idea of the fact that it's the WWE Network is you know that they've they've basically given up on the idea of pay per view, so any match could happen at any place. I mean, we know why they're doing it. They're doing it because they're moving SmackDown to another night and they want people to watch it. So I guess in that way, it makes sense. Um, and so, I, you know, they, I think they want to put more into SmackDown. And we can talk about some of those rumors later, too, that they're kind of quasi-plans for SmackDown. But uh, I don't know. I would have waited till the Royal Rumble. Like, why are we having this guy wrestle corporate Kane? I mean, corporate Kane, you could say Kane is an animal, you know, the mask Kane. But corporate Kane, corporate Kane's a Hammenhager. I mean, has he won a match as corporate Kane? I don't think he has. He comes out of his wife beater and, 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 you know, no one in his slats and no one gives a crap about him. You know, I, I was thinking maybe Kane would come out and, and with the mask and everything, but corporate Kane comes out and you know, he's jobbing out. So. I don't know. I think that business-wise, it makes sense because they want people to watch SmackDown. Um, it gives them, other than being Raw number two, basically the second version of Raw, there's really no reason to watch SmackDown. So it gives people a reason to watch the show. It's on a new night. Um, I think that um, they want to pop a rating for this show. So it makes sense. But... God, Ugh, Kane and Daniel Bryan again? I don't know. And I, I guess I kind of agree with you. I mean, I personally think I'm, I'm more of a, you know, we both grew up in, you know, the 80s, watching wrestling in the late 80s, early 90s. 
where you went and you had to pay for things, big returns. I know it's a different way that they do things now, so it's hard. In in the WWE Network vision that we have, that, you know, you can't, you don't, you have to build things for TV because that's where your revenue source is coming from, from TV deals. But I really do think we should have had Daniel Bryan's first time in the ring, which maybe we won't even have an actual match. You never know. We might just have an attack. But I think Daniel Bryan should be in the ring at at the Royal Rumble for his first appearance. Now, what did you think of the WWE actually making fun of themselves a little bit when it came to Stephanie McMahon with the workout video, which they actually, something you don't see a lot, you actually allowed uh, Daniel Bryan to actually make fun of this workout video and, you know, actually make Stephanie not seem, you know, seem like, not a fraud, but this video was something that you can make fun of, which usually it's been kind of not even mentioned by people and just in commercials, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, the, that probably, maybe other than Ambrose, maybe the best part of Raw, um, I think that Stephanie and Brian and Daniel Bryan have really good chemistry together. And I almost feel like Stephanie's at her best when she's cutting a promo on Brian. I thought it was hilarious. And the crowd really was into it, too. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy the fact that they made fun of themselves a little bit. This is supposed to be as... David Shoemaker, the masked man of Grantland's calls it the reality error, quote unquote. Self is the reality error. You know, I, I like them doing things like that. Um, I, I thought Stephanie was really good, fantastic. She looked fantastic as usual in the all black. And um, Daniel O'Brien did a nice job too. And I like what they're doing with him. Coming out these prom- these promos, he comes out there. He's not. He, he sounds like him. He sounds like, you know, if you saw this guy at a bar, I guess he doesn't drink, but if you saw this guy at a whatever, vegan restaurant, um, you know, he would be like that guy. Like, that's the kind of guy he would be. And, um, you know, I, and again, not a coincidence, right? This guy sounds like him. This is him. He's not playing a character. He's playing himself. And I think there's a stark difference between the promos that he's cutting and why his segments are so much more enjoyable. And then some of the segments of some of these other guys, where their promos are completely scripted and sound like they're written by somebody and doesn't sound like these guys at all. Hey, you know, it's there are people that they actually have faith in, and there are people they don't. The more faith they have in you, and the, the better chance that you're given bullet points, and you can go and do what you need to do. Now, I think it's... I think it's safe to say that the WWE, usually the Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, and WrestleMania basically sell themselves. You don't need to put as much effort into selling the big three as you do for, you know, TLC or Hell in the Cell, you know, these lesser pay-per-views. Saying that, though, do you think that the Royal Rumble has been sold, you know, has been pushed well so far? Or do you think it's kind of just, if it wasn't the Royal Rumble, it's not a must-order right now? They haven't really sold the Royal Rumble at all. They have sold this Seth Rollins, Brock, and Cena, um, which I, I enjoyed, and I thought Rollins was phenomenal. We can get to him um, as well. But I, I thought they sold that match big time, but maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they're selling that match to us this week and then 
next week we get more of the rumble. You know, they always have the matches where, you know, matches to pick who's number one entrant and who's number 30th entrant. So we haven't seen a lot of that yet, um, except for Brian announcing he was in the rumble. We haven't seen much of that. And they, you know, talked about Ambrose um, in the rumble today, but um, yeah, so far we haven't seen a lot of it. So, you know, we'll see. I think over the next couple of weeks, they'll put, put over the rumble a little bit more. And I think, they don't have many appearances with Brock on TV, so they figured the appearances they have with them, they better put the, the they better put them over in terms of the main event. So he had several segments on this week as opposed to um, when he was on last time a couple of weeks ago. So I thought you know them not putting over the Rumble Hearts okay um, as you know right now as long as over the next couple of weeks they put it over a little bit harder. All right, uh, we're gonna head to break, but Jay, I'm gonna give you this. To think about while you're taking a little sip of your favorite refreshment. But um, what do you think should go on last? Should the Rumble itself or should the three-way for the title? We'll be back with more of the Workshop Wrestling Podcast in mere moments. Well, the one thing a silver spoon does afford you, Daniel, is an education. And clearly you're not smart enough to listen to reason. So since you want to fight so bad, your first match back is not going to be the Royal Rumble match. It's going to be on SmackDown on its new night this Thursday night against someone I believe you are very familiar with. Oh, no. And imagine what's going through that young man's mind. Daniel Bryan wastes a little time going right after Kane. Daniel Bryan going right after Kane. Showing he's still got some fight left. Before we went to break, I proposed to Jay what he thinks should be the true main event for the Royal Rumble that's about a week away. Should the three-way for the title be the final image we see? Or it should be the Royal Rumble? When we had The Rock on top, we had Rock versus Punk. End the show with the year that Cena won the uh, the Rumble. Other years we've had the Royal Rumble be the final image, and then you see all the confetti come down, and you see the sign, them pointing at the sign for WrestleMania in the background. So I mean, I think it's an interesting topic to figure out. But uh, Jay, what do you think? Should we have the Rumble go on last, or should we have the three way? Um, I like the, I like the rumble going on last. I like the image of the rumble winner, but it's interesting this year, right? So last year we had that Orton Cena match with people couldn't care less about, and it was a mess. But this year you've got a potential title change. I think there will be a title change, but we get to that when we do predictions in a couple of weeks, you have a potential title change. And something pretty significant could happen. And so, I don't know. And it's interesting because the Rumble is such a long match. Whereas sometimes you have main events and they're kind of back-to-back and close together. You know, Court, maybe you start off with the triple threat match. I mean, maybe you start off with that match. They won't. Or you start off with the Rumble. I mean, again, they won't. But it's interesting. I don't know if there's even going to be any significant matches on the card. Um, so I, I don't know. I think you end with the Rumble, though. I think that's the best way to end it. I, I like the idea of 
we've seen that for so many years, seeing the, the last guy holding up the, you know, holding his hands up in the air with the streamers coming down and he's, you know, on the, you know, going to the main event of WrestleMania. So I think that's where they'll, where they'll end it. I think that's probably where they should end it. Um, because that's what the formula have done over the last couple of years. Now, something that we usually do around this time, you know, it's getting really cold outside. You can hear both me and Jay, a couple of coughs here and there, a little under the weather, battling our own, you know, issues with maybe getting a little sick. But you know what? If you want to buy a sweatshirt to go and maybe get yourself a little warmer out there or maybe a T-shirt, uh, Jay, would you have any ideas on where they can go to pick up the a great a- item like that? And maybe if they want maybe an I- iconic figure on there on the sweatshirt or the shirt. Do you, I, I feel like I have ideas of where they could go, but I think, Jay, you're the man who can tell me where exactly you would go. Absolutely. You go to Punch Apparel, uh, which is www.punc.co. That's punc.co. They have sweatshirts. They have T-shirts when you get ready for the summer. Um, they have a lot of cool T-shirts and different apparel. You can go check them out. They have free worldwide shipping. And when you check out, you type in "shoot all in caps," and you can save up to and you save up to fifteen percent off. So type in "shoot all in caps," you save fifteen percent off. Shipping is free worldwide. I just bought my girlfriend a Heath Miller jersey from a site that isn't totally. <laughs> it, may, it may be in China. It may have taken a month to get shipping here. It may have cost me twenty dollars for shipping. But you go to punch.co, punc.co. It's free worldwide shipping, and I guarantee you, I put my name that it won't take a month to get there. Punc.co. Perfect. And like you said, fifteen percent off. I thought you were going to say prowrestlingtees.com, but. All right, well, we'll go with punch.com. They, I, I'm pretty sure they'd be happier that we, we said them than, uh, than the others. But um, you brought up something during the break that I hadn't read about, but with with SmackDown going to a new night, you're gonna, you most likely see changes. You may, you'll, you'll still see, you know, the Raw Rewind and stuff like that on the show. But Wrestling Observer, which uh, Dave Meltzer... Brian Alvarez, both do a great job there. We've had Brian on to talk about his book, Death of WCW. One of the things that they mentioned was possibly some sort of brand, brand split. And last last week when they did the, basically, you know, this is your life, slash appreciation night for John Cena, one of the things that you saw in one of the clips was on the highlight reel with Chris Jericho was John Cena debuting on Raw. After the the uh, the draft that they had, I don't know if they go with a draft again. But Jay, what's what's your thoughts on maybe freshening up this product product a little bit and actually having two semi separate brands again? Corey, they have to do something, in my opinion. I think at this point, SmackDown is such a raw rehash show. And, Corey, we've done this podcast for how long? How many times have we mentioned SmackDown? How many times do we have we mentioned, oh, I've watched SmackDown this week? We do a wrestling podcast. 
every week, and we never watch the second quote-unquote biggest show that the WWE does every week. No, we don't. And I, and I think there's a big reason for that. During the brand split, I watched it more. You know, I think SmackDown, and we've talked about this before, what SmackDown should be is a show when you bring in new talent, i.e. the Ascension, um, who are better than the Ward Warriors and the Power of Pain and Demolition, apparently. When you bring in these, you know, you know Sami Zayn comes in at some point and, you know, Kevin Owens and Devitt and all these guys, have them go on SmackDown for a little while. Have them develop their character. Have them cut promos. Have them have matches on the big stage. And then have them maybe move to Raw. You know, I think that's really the way to go. Um, and I think it would be a nice way to have kind of that NXT 2 and kind of differentiate themselves. I mean, they already don't have the title on there, so they need to do something to, to differentiate the product. Maybe you, you have the IC title be a, a bigger part of SmackDown. I think there's got to be some way that they can do it. But I think for me as a wrestling fan, I would really like to see it. And I also think business-wise, it could help the WWE. Now, the one thing you could say is that the talent roster isn't deep. So they don't really have the talent they had a couple of years ago to do the brand split. But I don't know. They seem to have a lot of guys on Raw that they could use. There's guys that haven't been used in a long time. The Curtis Ackle, the Titus O'Neils, you know, those guys, I'm not saying that the show's going to, main event's going to be Titus O'Neil against Curtis Axel. People would fall asleep. But it would be something that would be different. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um, I think it's interesting, the idea of having another brand split, but I think that the idea of having guys, the idea of that, as much as I think we see too much of them. The idea of John Cena only being on Raw or Daniel Bryant only being on SmackDown, I think for the short term that might be interesting. But then you're going to go and say, so this guy has to, so basically, like you almost like he's like a proving ground where you're going to have to do well on SmackDown then get to Raw. Or, and, but then you're going to say, is that a demotion for someone who gets sent out to SmackDown? Then do you have to go and split, you know, split the world title again? You know, mm-hmm. and you can still have the same thing where John Cena... I mean, they should have split the world title in the first place. They, <clears throat> that's really what they should have done. <clears throat> in my opinion, they really lowered the significance of the SmackDown by taking the title away from it. Because then why the hell are you watching the show for but he did it, so I, I digress. I think we'll digress at least one or two more times as the show goes along today. But um, I think that SmackDown, like, like you said, SmackDown most weeks feels like a raw highlight show. And that's not a good thing. And SmackDown's moving to a new night, which means, you know, NXT's moving to a new night, um, which will be Wednesdays, just in case people are wondering. Um I don't know what you do with SmackDown. I think a brand split isn't the worst idea, but I think if you bring pe- if you do a brand split, I think certain guys are going to get lost. You know, I mean, certain guys already do get lost. Aren't they? Aren't they? Lo- aren't they lost now on Raw? I mean, the, a lot of these guys are, are barely on the show. True. I mean, I don't know what the perfect I mean, answer is here. 
Because to me, that's part of the point, is that you could say these guys are lost, but they're lost because they're on a exceptionally significant show that nobody watches or cares about. And Raw, they're not on Raw at all. They're, they're never on Raw. So they, maybe they'll occasionally be on SmackDown, but if they were a featured player on SmackDown, they would be made to be look, to look more legitimate. I don't know. You could throw a name out there of a guy. Uh, you know, I, I think it would be something that they should really look into, and I think that I don't know what a soft brand split means. I have no idea. Does that mean that some of the guys are going to be on there on SmackDown primarily, but will make appearances on Raw every now and then? Will it be something where they kind of tell the fans that you can see Dean Ambrose on SmackDown every Thursday, but you won't see him on Raw as much? Maybe they won't say that, but kind of give you that indication. Um, I don't know. I don't know. And if they did do that, would you make one guy the, I think, and it looks like from their posters and their things, Reigns is the guy they're really highlighting. Would it be a good idea to make Reigns the guy, the SmackDown guy? I mean, pre-taped stuff would be good with them. True. His matches and his promos. It'd help him develop and get better. I mean, you know, some of his matches, they're not awesome, okay? So, I don't know. I mean, he would be a guy, obviously he's over with the crowd. Um, you know, again, you turn on the TV, you see a guy with the, you know, that looks like him and the women, including my girlfriend, they would love it. So, I don't know. What what, what do you think about that? So, Whether so, it's Reigns or another, or having another guy as the, primary guy on SmackDown and making appearances every now and then on Raw. And what? And, what do you, and only and the only time you'd face somebody on another show would be on one of like the big four pay-per-views? Is that what you're thinking here? Or, or do they never face each other until they graduate back to Raw? See, now you're saying graduate and I think that's also part of the problem. I think you would have Reigns on Raw once a month, say. You know, once a month he'd be on Raw and the pay-per-view, but for the most part he would be on SmackDown. So then you're saying then you're going to take all the guys that you don't... This is what happens. You're going to take all the guys you don't want to see on Raw, throw them to SmackDown, and if you don't want to see them on on Raw in the first place, more more than likely you're not going to watch SmackDown anyway. Because if you're going to get rid of the Ascension, the New Day... Um, give me some, um, maybe Jack yeah. Swagger at this point, who I still think they can maybe do something with at some point. But if you're going to, well, keep- it can't be all. It can't be all jobbers, though. It, it can't. It can't be all jobbers. I mean, that's why Reigns is a guy who would be a good candidate. And the Ascension, I, I don't know if they're high on them. I'm not sure what the hell, how the hell they feel about them. But the Ascension, I, it seems like they're trying to put over as some type of big. Tag team, so. Oh, if you're listening you know, to the, you could, if you're listening to the commentary of the last two weeks, I don't think they're putting them over as anything except a couple of goofballs. Yeah, I, I it's a little. The commentary is a little weird, but the commentary is a little bizarre. I agree, but they're better than the powers of pain, apparently. So that's good. 
literally their gimmick is naming off every tag team in the 80s whose gimmick they've stolen and saying they're better than them. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy, oh, boy. Well, so what about making one guy, one main event level guy, the primary guy for SmackDown? You think that could work? Because I don't think having jobbers on there is going to work. Well, I think it all depends on which guys you pick. And I know this isn't WCW in the mid, in, you know, the late 90s where everyone has creative control of their character. But you got to think, if you put someone like a Randy Orton on SmackDown, he's going to bitch and moan until he get, gets back on Raw. You know, so I mean, I think if you're going to do this type of brand split or soft one, you got to go and pick the right guys who aren't going to go and cry and moan and make it seem like they don't want to be there when they get, you know, get thrown off the main show. Because really, if, if you're telling, as much as you want to spin it to, you know, let's say Dean Ambrose, that you're going to go be the big guy on SmackDown, and then he goes and looks and, you think he's not going to be, yeah, I know he's younger and maybe he's willing to accept certain things, but if you're telling Dean Ambrose, you know what, you're not, you'll be on Raw once a month, which may turn into no times a month as things go along, and you're going to be on SmackDown, a show that half the people, if you're lucky, watch every week? You think they're going to be, you think Dean Ambrose is going to be like, absolutely, Vince, that's the best idea I've ever heard? But Corey, they did it already. They just did it. I mean, they did it a few years ago when CM Punk was on SmackDown, when The Undertaker was primarily on SmackDown, when Jeff Hardy was primarily on SmackDown. Yeah, but it's, I think it's a different. Right? I mean, I think it's a different time, and you had a deeper roster back then. Okay, you had a deeper roster, but why is it? it why isn't? Why is it a different time? Why couldn't they do that now? Why? It's it's you're on national television still, correct? True. I mean, if they if they don't build it as a jobber show, it won't be the jobber show. But if they build it as a jobber show, that's what it's going to be. If right, they if, say, you know. If you told me John Cena was going to be on SmackDown every week and once a month is going to be on Raw, that would say to me that SmackDown is not a, is not the B show. Well, they're never going to do that. I mean, we I mean, come on. We know that they're never going to do that. I mean, let's let's look at it this way. You had a time where SmackDown was the basically the official home of the Undertaker, Rey Mysterio Jr. for a certain period of time, Brock Lesnar there's no, I don't see a big name you're putting on there that's going to be the exclusive to that show. And if you're not going to do that, I don't see how this is not going to fail at some point. That's the big name. Maybe you throw Ambrose on there. Those are the big names. They don't have a lot of them, but they've got a couple. You know, maybe you put Orton back on SmackDown when he gets back. I mean, his character's grown stale. He could be one of the main baby faces on SmackDown. You know, just... Just a thought, but I think if they're going to separate it, you're right. They do need some type of main event level guy. I mean, we already know there's not a lot of them, but I think that's the way to make the show stand out and seem more important. Now, they, they brought up last last night that it's 11 weeks until WrestleMania, and we were at the home of last year's WrestleMania. How many guys would you say have actually are any are in any better of a spot than they were in at this time last year. Because I'm honestly, besides Rusev and Rollins, 
I can't really think off the top of my head many people who are in any better spot than they were in a year ago. Ziggler? When he comes back, they might. I mean, I don't know. I guess I can't say Ziggler because we don't know what they're going to do with them. But you think that's a problem? <clears throat> uh, basically, fifty, you know, forty plus weeks of the year since your last, since WrestleMania, and there really has been no, no real change. No one has really gone and tried to go for that brass ring successfully. I mean, what about what? <clears throat> what about Ambrose? You think Ambrose is in a better? I think Ambrose is in a worse place than he was a year ago. Yeah, you know, he did. He just lost to Rusev. Which did that result make sense to you? Him <clears throat> losing to Rusev. It kind of felt like when they wrote the sh- when they started the ideas, they expected um, feed me mo- um, Jesus Christ, which Ryback. is Ryback to to be there, not to be fired still, and they were expecting to have some sort of match with Rusev, and then all of a sudden they changed their mind last minute, and it was kind of like, all right, yeah. who hasn't wrestled tonight? Let's throw them in this. Yeah, it was weird. Why not just have Ambrose like beat him up? Or I, I didn't I didn't get that at all. Uh, so Ambrose, you're right. He hasn't won a match in like eight months. Um, Bray, he's he's what has he done? He's done nothing. They well, split up he, the Wyatt. He, he, he just beat he just beat Ambrose in a big feud. All right, he's all right. So he's slightly, but at last time this this time last year, he was getting ready to face Cena. Right now, unless the Undertaker is coming back for one more match, I see no creative creative direction right now for Bray yeah, Wyatt. But, uh, I think. And well, I think if he, I think if he doesn't go against the Undertaker, they'll probably have him win his match at WrestleMania. All right, so Bray Wyatt's debatable. Rollins obviously Reigns. Is Reigns that much better? I mean, Re- last, I mean, he also got hurt, so it's a little bit harder with that. But Reigns was on a on a tear going into Mania last year, eliminating pretty much everyone on his team. Uh, I mean, everyone at the Survivor Series. Eliminating a third of the guys in the Royal Rumble, he got hurt. I understand that, but and it, it appears like his push has been kind of taken away. Cena's still Cena's always Cena. Cena's where he's supposed to be. Lesnar, you could say Lesnar. Lesnar's in a better spot, but he's he's barely there. I mean, I just don't know where this growth is that we expect. Wade Barrett got hurt, so you you can't blame Barrett for that. I mean, yeah, I think I think Barrett would have been a guy that they would have pushed. I definitely think he would have been. What about Luke Harper? Luke know, Harper's been a nice little right. push. He's been Isaac Jam. Luke Harper, who uh, lost clean to um, Roman Reigns this week, but before that, he had looked like he's starting to get a little bit of a push. Luke Harper is a guy. Uh, we we can't forget about you know everybody's favorite Vintner who doesn't have a job right now. <laughs> I don't think Kofi's in any better spot than he was last year. Kofi? What spot was he in last year? All right, he's, he's the same. Jobber status last year. Jobber said Xavier Woods? At least he's on, on television. He's on tele- I mean, Cesaro won the, the Andre the Giant Classic, and now he's, you know, in a, you know, a leotard, big part for a sneak attack, part of the freaking Rosebuds. And, you know, he's Swiss, so he can't talk. He doesn't get the concept so- of charisma. It's just like, you know, what what are we doing here? Vince McMahon is telling people that we like those people going for the brass string and everything. And I don't feel like this product, which felt maybe a little bit hotter at this time last year, but I don't really know what's really changed from when we first started. The, and I guess this is kind of what I'm bringing up here. When we started this show last January 4th or 5th, when we did the first episode, 
the guys that we were speaking about, are they in any better situation than before, you know, from last year to this year? And I would say besides Rollins, Roman Reigns, I don't really think so because he's because of the injury. Ziggler gets a little bit bigger of a pop, but you know, Ziggler has always been over with the wrestling fans. I don't know what what we I don't know what that says, but I don't know if, I don't know if this company is doing that much better than it was a year ago. They, again, we've talked about this a lot. They struggle building multiple guys. Right now, they're focused on Rollins, and you know Reigns to a certain extent, and they struggle with that, literally everybody else. The one thing about the Shield that was easy for them was that they had three guys, which they kind of built them all at the same time. So I don't, I don't know. I think when we talked about in January was the Shield and Bray Wyatt. I think Bray Wyatt is in a better position than he was last year because he's won singles matches and he won a big match and you know, but he did beat Brian at Royal Rumble, you know, so that was a big move. So I, I think Wyatt kind of almost kind of is where he is um, in terms of that upper mid card guy. When we talked about Bray Wyatt and then we talked about the Shield, and I'd say Rollins is a you know I think Rollins is a main eventer at this point. I think. Ambrose, they, I don't really know what they're doing with him. And I think they look at Reigns as a main event level guy. I think those guys will have bigger matches on WrestleMania. How about, how about this? Who is going to, will Rollins have a bigger match on WrestleMania than he did last year? I think he will. Well, let's, well, see. Am- okay, let's see. Rollins last year was in the <laughs> six man tag with the, uh, the Shield versus the New Age yeah. Outlaws and Kane. I believe that was the match. Yes. And they beat him in like two minutes. Two minutes. They look so, dominant, and yeah, this yeah, year so now, he could have anything from facing Sting to Daniel Bryan to who the hell knows. So he's going to be. I think he'll be yeah. higher on definitely higher on the card. Okay, so now Ambrose will he be higher on the card this year than he was? I don't know. I think he, I think he will be. I honestly, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, if you're going to have a singles match, it'll be higher than being in a six man tag. But he's been done. They've treated him so badly that I just I don't even know what his direction is right now. I have no idea. He can go. He can do anything from winning the rumble to freaking you know being thrown out as one of the top you know an early guy in the rumble. I have no idea what their plans are for him for WrestleMania. All None. right, I think he has a more significant role. What about Reigns? I see Reigns having a more significant role for sure. Okay, because he's the he's the golden child and he's been pushed to do that. All right, so that's two out of the three, um, and I think Ambrose will. Bray Wyatt, probably not. Yeah, he faced Cena unless, last year. Unless he goes against The Undertaker, which I think is more, I don't know if it's more significant without the streak. I mean, you got you would think, uh, do they go, and for the 47th time, do you have Luke Harper face uh, Eric <laughs> Rowan in a match that maybe they could build to mean something instead of just a, a match out of nowhere where they face each other on Raw? I mean... Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, so Luke Harper, I think, has a more significant role, for sure. What was he just in a battle royal, correct? I, he, he didn't have they, a match. Right. I mean, what's, I don't even, at this point, I don't remember what Ziggler did last year. But, you know, Ziggler has to get his job back by the time that, I mean, hope by the time of WrestleMania. So, I mean, I don't know. you got guys out there. Um, you got Ryback, who's going to be higher up on the card. So, they've done better with Ryback than they did from a year ago. 
But like I said, it's scary, the idea... I guess my general point is that you expect more character growth, more a brighter, brighter <laughs> ideas for guys a year later than it was, you know, at this time last year. Yeah, so some of the matches were... There was a tag team match with the Usos, and they won against a bunch of tag teams, including Ryback, and that was the first match on the card. Um, so... That match will definitely be, I think that might have even been the dark match. So they'll be in a higher position for sure. Ryback will. Um, Brian and Triple H. The Shield was the third match on the card. So I think they'll be higher up. Cesaro, we already know where he's going. Um, yeah, I mean, they didn't even really have that many matches. So Luke Harper and Eric Rowan did not even wrestle. So if they're on, if they're in the, in WrestleMania, uh, they might have been in a battle royal, but so, the point is, I think there's more guys that are going to be higher up in the card than you think that there will be. Okay. Does that mean they've made enough guys? They haven't made nearly enough guys. But I think there will be guys that will be harder, higher up on the card. You know, there's no uh, Bautista. You know, there's some guys we don't know what the Undertaker status is. There's no seeing the freaking New Age Outlaws. You know, I don't know if I see Corporate Kane being too involved. Uh, in WrestleMania. So we'll see. Hey, there's no, uh, I guess there's one mention every week. There's, <clears throat> unless something traumatic happens, there's no CM Punk this year. So that, that opens up a spot. Actually, was he on sure. last year's? But, he was not. But, right. Brian, but Brian wrestled twice, remember? That's Daniel right. Brian wrestled twice. So he kind of took, uh, and, and his match, I mean, he wrestled, wow, he wrestled, his match with Triple H was 26 minutes and his Triple threat match was 24 minutes. So he wrestled almost an hour on that okay. show. But All right. Um, I think that's some really interesting, lively conversation from two guys who sound like their voices are going a little bit right now. So I'm going to go and drink a little water or something that has caffeine. Jay, you know, you want to do a little stretch. You take a quick break, and we'll be back with the final segment of the Workshop Wrestling Podcast, where I promise... We will speak about the first guy to enter into the 2015 Hall of Fame. This contest is scheduled for one fall. Introducing first from San Benito, Texas, weighing 235 pounds, Aldo Marino. And his opponent from Sarasota, Florida, weighing 239 pounds, Randy Macho Man Savage. The Macho Man, Randy Savage, who is quite a competitor, making his World Wrestling Federation debut. Color, colorful, colorful robe there, and a look at the uh, face moments ago of the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Well built, young man, Bruno. With all the pomps, pomp and circumstance, that they can muster. WWE went and decided that Randy Savage was going to the Hall of Fame, but they weren't going to officially tell anybody he was going in the Hall of Fame, even though they put it over there, all over their website that he was more than likely going into the Hall of Fame. Well, Michael Cole had his sources, so we got to remember that. Well, you know, he's a war correspondent, <laughs> so, you know, he's got to have his, uh, his sources... <laughs> Now, I'm going to take this from a little bit different angle just in order to get into, a, I think, a, another conversation that we can sink our teeth into here. 
we're all happy and excited that an injustice has been righted. Randy Randy Poffel, Randy Savage is going into the Hall of Fame. If there was ever a guy who deserved it from our childhood that had an impact, who's not in there, it is Randy Savage. Absolutely. But what I'm wondering is, besides besides The Rock and The Undertaker, how many other headliners are really left for the WWE to put into their Hall of Fame? I mean, you're going to have... In the next couple of years, you're most I would think most likely if he's if this is it, you're gonna have the Undertaker going next year in Dallas. Then most likely the next year or two after that you'll have The Rock. You most likely have Sting, which I'm guessing he mostly goes in next year with The Undertaker. But after that, how many guys do you think maybe I guess you have Triple H? Are there can you think of any other like major headliners that the WWE could put in? I mean as much as I love Christian, I don't consider Christian a guy who I'm going to have headline a WrestleMania class for the Hall of Fame. Man, you threw that at me. You got me thinking here. <clears throat> um, well, if, you, if, you, if they just do one big guy a year, you do Sting one year, you do Undertaker one year, you do Rock one year. Has Stone Cold gotten in yet? Yes, he, he, he has, in. right? Um... So what do we have? Sting, Undertaker, The Rock, Triple H, Triple H, Triple H. That's four years of headliners. But you know what? At the same point, though, so you bring in Sting. He's going to have a match more, most likely at this year's WrestleMania. You would think against Triple H, which looks like it's that direction. And then you're, sure. so you're going to say he's got to wait two years after he has his match to get into the Hall of Fame. How long has the Macho Man waited? Yeah, but I'm just saying, I mean, the point is he's been not around for a long time. I mean, he's not been in the Hall of Fame. He should have been in the Hall of Fame when he was alive. So, you know, I, I don't know. The, uh, Macho Man is one of the probably five most over guys in the 80s in pro wrestling. Should have been in the Hall of Fame years ago. Absolutely. So, you know, the thing can wait two years. Like, I, I don't think it's a... I don't think it's a big deal if he waits two years. Um, I don't think you want to put him and Undertaker in at the same time. They may, but I don't know. But the question is, who, who else are they going to put in this year? I mean, you know, rest in peace for Macho Man, but he's not going to be there, you know? Um, so, you know, I find that also pretty interesting. So then the question is also, what do you do with, who else do you put into the Hall of Fame this year? I think you get you it. You, need a headli- you figure you need a headliner who is alive. currently with us. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I would think a definite guy you would have put in if he didn't have these recent, you know, uh, legal problems might have been Kevin Nash this year. But you know, Kevin Nash has his uh, the, his dispute that he had, so that's why you know you're he's not going to be on next week's show, and that's why you're bringing in, um, I believe, Ric Flair. It was supposed to be, I think, some sort of like an NWO reunion initially. At this week's and next week's Raw, where you have Hogan, Scott Hall, not Razor Ramon, the guy who's actually in the Hall of Fame, but Scott Hall, Ric Flair, and Shawn Michaels. So I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many guys are left to be headliners. I, I know you don't. I would think you need that big name guy every year to go in and to sell the initial tickets for the event. Yeah, I mean, are they selling us that? 
it's going to be Macho Man because it really, you know, unfortunately, it isn't going to be him. It's going to be Hulk Hogan. Um, and you know, from what we hear, him and Hogan weren't even close. You know, I, you know, I don't know. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how many, and I could be wrong, but I don't really know how many Hall of Famers who have headlined a class. How many of those guys have not been with us? I feel like that's very, very few of those guys. Right. Most of those guys have been, you know, the Eddie Guerrero's, of, you know, of the world. But I don't know how many guys that there are. So I think they're going to need one guy if they, if the idea is to sell tickets, you figure they're going to need one headline guy who's, you know, still currently with us. But I don't know where they go there. You think a guy like a Bill Goldberg is a big enough guy to, to go into the Hall of Fame? You know, because he keeps on, that's a good one. he keeps on saying, you know, that. He would like his kids now that they're older to be able to see him, like maybe wrestle one more match, and then if he wrestles one match, maybe he goes into the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I, I think that's interesting. I like that. I, I mean, think that, that's something that could work. You got some classic tag teams that aren't aren't in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. You got you know the midnight you know the Midnight Express. You've got the Demolition who keeps on who's been named recently in these Ascension promos, which are you know terrible. And usually they don't mention things if there's not a purpose. Maybe maybe Demolition gets in and you have some sort of thing with them in the Ascension, some sort of confrontation maybe. I don't know. I mean, you got the Fabulous Freebirds who should definitely be in. So I don't know where you go. I mean, that's just what makes you wonder. And that brings up the idea of what we spoke about last segment with when you don't build guys to get to that next level, it makes it less and less appealing for guys you really think deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I know the Hall of Fame is a joke. When you have Vince McMahon's limo driver in the Hall of Fame, and you got, you know, William Fridre Perry, you got Drew Carey, you got, you know, Pete Rose, you got, you know, the the Hall of Fame part for the celebrities and stuff. So there are guys, you got Coco Beware is in the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, this isn't exactly what you call the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, which, you know, is very stringent and, you know, putting people in. So, I mean, this is is what it is. But I'm just wondering... Like I said to you, are there that many guys left that are truly headliners? Because John Cena, I don't see retiring for at least the next, what, three or four years. I think they can find some guys. You mentioned Goldberg. I mean, gosh, I have to really think back. Um, You're not putting CM Punk in at the moment. No, I think he's got a, I think he's got a while to wait. <laughs> Is uh, Hillbilly Jim going to be the, uh, the next big guy that goes in? I think they have enough guys. I think they have enough guys for the next four years. If we got Triple H, Rock, Cena, or Triple H, Rock, um, you know Jericho's got to go in at some point. I think there's a, I think there's a, enough headliners. Okay. I think they, I think they're okay. I think there's enough guys. And, and what about the news that Jericho's actually going to be is back in the WWE? Um, you know, he put on Twitter that he's back working select dates, but... Right, he's doing some house shows here and there, right? Yeah, I don't know if he's going to be back on TV. I'm not sure if that's where they're going with it, but, you know, it'll be, we'll see. It'll be nice to see him, nice to see him out there. True. Um, now, before we move on to other things non-WWE related, <clears throat> do you think that the WWE going into the Royal Rumble... Do you think we're gonna? Do you think that these guys will be these three guys who are fired right now? Do you think that they'll set it up at the Rumble itself that they're brought back, 
or do they get brought back on Monday? How do you think? How do you think they're going to handle Ziggler, the Vintner, and the the foodie? I mean, if I had to guess, that they're probably not going to handle it well. Um, <laughs> that'd be my first guess. Um, but I think that hmm, interesting. You know, there's been uh, you know some rumors that they'll be in the crowd and they'll come out that way. Um, I think you bring them back before. I think you bring them back before the rumble. I don't think you do the surprise appearance at the rumble. That being said, that could be where they go. I mean, because you could very. Um, I'm sorry. Because there needs to be some surprises at the rumble, right? Every year there needs to be surprises. So we're we're already going with this corny fired angle that we know is a joke. So they may as well continue the corniness by having them be surprise entrants in the Royal Rumble. Speaking of surprise entrants, do you like I brought up a second ago? Do you think we see uh, both guys still work here and there on the Indies? Do you think we see uh, the, the members of Demolition put on the makeup one last time and uh, surprise entrants and either eliminate uh, the Ascension or do something in that? Because like I said, when they bring up names, it usually leads to something. They don't just usually throw someone's name out there and there's no, like, payoff for it. Um, I don't know. I don't really care. Okay. Not something I've thought about. But, I mean, they're 60 years old, so I, I can't imagine how good they look. But apparently they're still wrestling every now and then. So, sure, have them come out and throw them out. The issue is, what do you build? I mean, it's just, if they do that, they're basically just burying the ascension. And they're not going to wrestle a match with the Ascension, so oh. uh, I feel like that. I feel like that would be kind of. I think that would be in poor taste. But sure, I could see it. All right. So unless there's another issue on the WWE itself, want to? Uh, do you want to discuss this week? Let's we can move on quickly. We can we can move on. Are we going to do TNA Impact Wrestling? Is that what we're going with? I think we got to at least give them a moment before we uh, close out the show, and uh, we did. So now we can answer. <laughs> no. Um, I watched the first ec- the first episode of Impact. I thought there were some ups. I thought that there were some downs. Uh, Destination America is not in everybody's cable system as a primary channel. Uh, past guest on the podcast, Brian Alvarez, had mentioned on uh, Wrestling Observer Weekends that he had to go and go to $22 more on his bill on Frontier Cable in order to get Destination America. I don't know if I don't know if that was part of your current situation, Destination America on, on you know on your cable system. But I, I have the gold package on my cable system, so I get Destination America. I think this is a problem that's gonna happen. You know, especially people cutting the cord now. I'm, I I do wonder how Destination America is gonna go and do when it's on a higher pay tier for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. We're, we're hearing about these numbers, and we're hearing 263,000, and we're hearing 359,000. Um, so a couple of different numbers that we're getting. Um, apparently, the replay did 105,000. So I don't know. We're hearing we're hearing a bunch of uh, a bunch of different things. Um, uh, but however you want to put the numbers in, that is still a lot less than they got on Spike TV. Um, which on my cable is like channel 27 and Destination America's channel. I don't even know what it is, but I did take the show. So I think I agree. I, I, I think it's an issue and it's something I have to think about. 
but it is what it is, right? I mean, there, I, I have no idea what the highest shown destination, destination America is, but I, I can guarantee that TNA probably will be up there in terms of some, in terms of the highest rated content that Destination America has. Um, it's a small channel that no one knows anything about. The issue that I have with it and the thing that I thought about is what are their production costs? You know, are they going to make any money off this deal? You know, if they only have 300,000 people watching this show, you've got a million wrestlers, you've got cameras, you've got announcers, you've got all this money into this. You know, are they going to make any money? Like, what's Destination America giving them? But we kind of knew that this could be the issue moving forward with their ratings or lack thereof. So I'd be curious to see where they go. I mean, like I said, um, it looks like the final number is some, somewhere between 350 and 365, um, which I think isn't terrible. And I think I've, I've, I've read that it's actually the highest rated show. It was the highest rated show of the week on Destination America. Um, I don't know if, uh, if it was on your cable when you were watching Raw or not, but when I was doing the replay of Raw this morning, I saw it. Two and I think, or possibly three, promos for Impact Wrestling during the show, which I thought was a good sign. Which we spoke about when it came to you know like the the uh, Wrestle Kingdom pay per view and ROH, where you want to see them at least try to do something publicity wise on other wrestling shows. So I thought that was good. I think it's going to be a slow process, and I don't know based on the amount of people that have the network. What a great number will be if they're do if they're still doing you know low threes in you know two or three months I think that's a problem but if they're steadily you know maybe doing a little bit better I can see this you know turning into something more you got to give you know Destination America credit the fact that they've given them like four hours or five hours worth of TV every week now two hours yeah, on I think Friday the, I, like three hours on Saturday I mean. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the issue that you mentioned, and and this is obviously we're like Troy Aikman stating the obvious on Fox uh, News broadcasting, but or sports broadcasting, but they we need to see a steady increase in the ratings. It doesn't need to be huge, but you know the fact they got three fifty nine their first week, you know, it might be a decent sign. And if they have four hundred thousand next week, and just steady increases the more that people get this channel it may be good now in terms of the booking of the show and all that we could get to that i don't know if that's going to get anyone to want to watch this show but i thought that it was maybe 359 is not the worst number in the world and it'll be curious to see where they go but the fact that it was their highest rated show is a good sign that's absolutely a good sign absolutely now before we get out of here we'll talk a little bit about the show itself just to get an idea of what you and I thought about it. I thought that putting the title back on Lashley, I don't think they should have ever taken it off of him. So I like the fact they did that. I don't love I the fact of the way they did it. Because I mean, Corey, how many freaking people are turning heel? Doesn't it, uh, you know, make it, doesn't it lessen the impact of these guys turning heel? The, the camera didn't even know who to show at the end. They had Lashley who won the title. They had Young who turned heel. They had Joe who turned heel and Low Key who turned. They didn't know who to show. Uh, you know, it was stupid. It was really dumb. Have one guy turn or one guy not turn? Why? Why put Joe and Low? What? Like, what are they gonna do? What is this new faction gonna be? 
I like the faction being small. I enjoyed that. I know that they need to do something to kind of spice things up. First of all, I had not watched Impact for the last couple of months on Spike. So all these guys had titles. I didn't know who the hell had any of these titles. But, um, you know, to me, it didn't make any sense. Too many guys turning. You know what it reminded me, Corey? The impact of old. The impact that we've watched for the last five years. Guys turning all over the place. You know, the, the champion is confused, doesn't know what's going on. Just really, just not, I don't know. How, how are they going to explain it? You're going to have 18 guys explain why they turn and heal. I, I thought it was, I thought it was bad. Didn't like it at all. All right. Um, I guess I'll take a slightly different end approach. Because of, I don't know if you ever watched, I think I sent you the link, and I think we spoke about it for a third of a second on the show at one point. But Sam Roberts from the Opie and Anthony show does a, another podcast, Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, which he's had some good guests on over the last couple of months since he's been doing it. But he had an in-studio interview back in um, in August with Samoa Joe, Low-Key, MVP, and Homicide. And it was a really interesting interview about their time on the indies and how they came up and how these guys were all friends. And so when I saw the, uh, the that group forming, it made me think of that interview. And I thought the, I would have loved to have seen Homicide there, but I guess I don't know what he's doing with the company right now. Well, what I, about Eric Young? What's he doing? Why is he turning you? Well, I guess we'll... I guess we'll find out in the next couple of weeks. I mean, the Eric Young no, part... No, but I guess, I guess we'll find out. But why are you turning him heel as well? Like, why why, is, why are all these guys turning heel at the same time? I think it lessens the impact. I can see your point there. I mean, like I said, I liked... Part of it I liked. I liked the idea of putting MVP, Kenny King, Joe, and Loki together. I think that could be an interesting stable with a good mouthpiece in MVP. I think you can build a couple of things there. I like that part. I don't like the Eric Young part. I really liked the big return of Awesome Kong. I thought that was really done well. And I think that... I thought the the segment with Jeremy Borash getting his hair cut, I thought that... Re- I, I felt that that worked with the whole entire... EC3, Tyrus, and well, he's, well, he's a, well, he's a guy for me. I mean, he's a guy. I mean, his promos, he is on another level than what TNA has. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is, he's awesome. I, everything EC3 does, for the most part, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pretty big mark for him. Um, the opening segment, I didn't love it. I thought it was corny. I thought it was but, different, though. I thought it was, I thought it was a little bit different. I thought that. It was something to take a chance with. I mean, it was a little ridiculous, the idea that you're bringing all these guys in buses. But at the same time, early in the day, you had, you know, James Storm doing an interview upstairs. You know, I mean, that kind of didn't really make sense to me. But I don't know. I thought the opening of the show with the new music seemed a little bit more lively. I thought some things worked and I thought some things didn't. So, I mean, it's not a perfect first episode, but I don't think it was a total train wreck. And I thought it was. I you thought do, that there was enough. I feel like this is TNA going back to TNA. It could be. It very well could be. I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I want to see what they do over these next couple of uh, 
episodes, which, you know, you told me I shouldn't read spoilers anymore, so I am trying not to do that. So, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen there. So, I, I have no idea what's going to happen one way or another. I'm going to give them a couple of weeks to see where they're going. I'm hoping it's better than the first show. I'm hoping that we don't have another ROH situation where, you know, we can't afford a lighting grid, so we can't see anybody in the crowd. I don't know if that was because there was only, you know, 12 people there or if it was because of a style that they're trying to do, a more intimate feel. I'm not sure, yeah. but, you know. Yeah, I don't Yeah, I don't like that. Like, let's see the crowd. I, I thought that was, I, I don't, they've been doing it the last, maybe because the crowd's not, the crowds aren't big. I heard that the, I don't know. I heard the, thir- the Wednesday and Thursday crowds were pretty pathetic. There was barely, there, was, there weren't many people there. I heard the Friday show for the lockdown paper, the lockdown special was, was sold out. So, I mean, that when that one airs in a couple, like in a month or so, whatever it is, we'll see how that turns out. But it was interesting to see, you know, the people that were there and weren't there. You know, there was no Bully Ray. There was no Tommy Dreamer. I don't know if Tommy Dreamer comes in the next couple of weeks. But, you know, we'll see. No, we don't, need, we, don't, we don't need him. Please. No Tommy Dreamer. I mean, I love you. You're from Yonkers, <laughs> one of the places I grew up. But I, I'm over it. You know, I'm over it, Tommy. Makes sense to me. But like I said... It was the first episode. We'll see where they go from here. There were some problems. It was nice to see the return of Amazing Kong. I thought that was a nice moment. But besides that, Destination America has to know what they're doing when they get into a wrestling, uh, get into re- get into bed with wrestling, because one of the things that was a huge problem with this show was they were not ready to deal with all the cursing and the anger from the fans or you know participation. Because every third second you heard like a bleep. And then all of a sudden people are doing promos and you didn't, you weren't able to hear the full promos. I know most weeks now they'll be doing shows taped because they've taped for basically the next, I guess, what, five or six weeks of shows. Good or bad, depends on what you want to think of that, not being live. But I do think that it's going to be interesting to see how Destination America edits these shows and if they can go and make it actually seem like a wrestling show or a train wreck where the crowds now will on purpose try to take over the shows because they know that Destination America doesn't have a clue what they're doing when it comes to bleeping people. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how that, we'll see how that goes. Now, like I said, it's been an interesting show. We've covered a lot of things. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how people respond to this episode of Raw. I don't know what the Facebook poll was this week, if it was 87% hated the show again like last week. Well, uh, hopefully we'll be able to follow that as weeks go along. But, Jay... It's been a good week. I think we both brought a lot to the table. Uh, I think it's that time where you tell people how they can follow me at Paladin808 on Twitter. You know, okay. Oh, my God. Nobody cares. Listen, you want to hear the show every week. Subscribe to us on iTunes. That's the best way. The Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Go to iTunes. Look us up. Go to the iTunes store. Click on the search box and type in The Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast, and you will find us. Um, and please subscribe because that way you never miss one of our scintillating episodes talking about another crappy raw. Um, follow me on Twitter at work to shoot pod. I live shoot raw. I put links up to different news articles. Um, I tend to try to be pretty active on there if possible. Um, also go to the website, www.worktoshoot.podomatic.com. That's workshoot.podomatic.com. Uh, you can go to our Facebook, uh, Work Shoot Podcast. Um, just go to our Facebook, Work Shoot Podcast, 
and we're on Facebook as well. Also, don't forget punch.co, type in shoot at checkout, save 15% off. And again, you don't have to buy anything from there, but at least go to the site, see if there's anything you like on there um, and help support the podcast. Thanks. Jay, great job as always. Um, Once again, we'll be back next week with an all-new podcast with uh, talking about what we think is going to happen at the Rumble, talking about the final episode of Raw, see if Impact got any better, which I'm doubting, and uh, a whole lot more. So for Jason Brooks, this is Corey Richmond. We'll see you next week. I think we're done here. See ya. Give me what it takes now. Praise.